Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Good Monday morning. It is a time for Mental Health Monday here on the Coffee Hour. We'll get to that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Always good to be with you. Thank you. Always good to have some Monday time to chat with you today. Everybody's got their coffee, some snow. It's time for a little mental health Monday chat. It is. It is. Today, we're going to talk resilience, which is the final segment in our small series we've been doing around our always growing online Bible study uh, for Psalm 139. And so resilience is something that's a hot button word in the mental health world. And I think in education, too, it's kind of moved into that realm. We throw it around a lot, but I don't think we always know what we're talking about as far as what it means for our own lives. And even when we try to translate it for the children and the other people in our lives, too. So today we're going to define resilience and then we're going to talk about where we get resilience and how we bring it to the kids in our lives and those that we love. All right, let's dig in. Where where do you want to begin? <laughs> I feel like we like, could work on like our system at the top of the hour. Yeah, um, so. my brain's not working right. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. That's Whose turn is it? Monday, mental health Monday. We only have grace here, so we are practicing right now self compassion, where we say to self, <laughs> self. Sometimes you don't have it together, and that's okay, right? Amen. Oh goodness, right? So, what is resilience? I actually created a definition of resilience from all of the research I gathered from both the theological realm from God's word and the examples of resilience there, as well as our psychological and sociological understanding and neurobiological understanding that we're developing now. Understand that any of those realms beyond the theological are always in development. We're always learning new things. We don't necessarily understand what's going on in our brains and our hearts and our spirits and all of that stuff and how they work together. So we look to God's word with foundation. And then we add on this information that we have about ourselves and they fit together really cool. And uh, I think we process it and, and step back to say, mm. is that something that I agree with? Is that something that speaks to me of my, from my own experiences? So understand that I think it's really important to embrace resilience. I think it's something that we want in our lives, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's not everything, <laughs> you know, it's not everything that you need to have. And so I think when we talk about resilience and we talk about things like strength, we talk about courage and all those things that are kind of wrapped up together, it's easy to put pressure on ourselves when we talk about it and say, man, I failed at this uh, here. There was no resilience in my life here. Or, uh, oh my goodness, I'm so worried about my child. Like they're never going to be resilient. And, and understand that we take in all this information so that we can grow, not so that we can be perfect in our lives. Okay, that's Heidi's disclaimer about resilience. And I, I think it's a really important one, if you will. Yeah. So 
in my book, Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration, which is coming out with Concordia Publishing House in April, uh, there's a section on resilience. And the definition at the beginning that I give is the, cap- the capability to come back from a struggle with renewed hope, life, and a greater ability to respond to future stressors, as well as the internal capability capacity of people to recover, gaining new insights, strengths, and capabilities we did not have before a struggle. And so that's, there's a couple really important pieces in that. Number one, if all you walk away with is this, I want you to walk away with this. There is no resilience without struggle. And I really think we want that to be different. (laughs) We want all the resilience, but we do not want the struggle. Um, And especially for those we love, too. Right. Our children in particular, you know, we look at the kids around us even and the kids in our churches that are suffering with anxiety and things like that. And we say, wow, how can we build them to be more resilient? And and we have to understand that that comes by being supportive adults in their lives, by being supportive loved ones in people's lives, but also being with them in the struggle not helping them avoid the struggle. Mm-hmm. And so that that is a different thing. Sometimes we do want to avoid things. Sometimes we do want to take the way around instead of through. And that's why we teach kids, you know, say no to alcohol and drugs and uh, promiscuity and all those things. We, we don't hand them struggle. But at the same time, we understand that that is not resilience. That's something different. <laughs> and so... Mm-hmm. Resilience also has to do with what we call childhood aces. Um, So childhood aces are uh, these, uh, wow, the words just, you know, Monday are coming. (laughs) (laughs) So childhood aces are a list of essentially traumas or things that kids experience in their lives that are more likely to cause mental health struggles for them later on. And so anything from a divorce to a loss of a loved one, some of the things we can control like abuse and neglect and some of the things we can't control, it's just living in a broken world. And that helps us to have a little bit of a foundation from years and years of longitudinal research that they did to be able to basically say black and white, we know that these things affect kids and they affect the adults that they're becoming. And so you and I, all of us have been a product of some of those things. It's really cool to watch how protective factors, like I said, supportive adults in people's lives and having access to education and having faith or spirituality in someone's life really build this resilience that we're talking about. And so to define it a little further, resilience is more than bouncing back. We're not looking for rubber balls in children or in ourselves. Instead, we don't need people to be people who are in the hospital one day and walking around the next and cheerful and wonderful and just doing great. That's not resilience. It might be. uh, But I think more often than not, it is a process. You know, we As Andy said, we have to watch our loved ones suffer sometimes. We have to sit in suffering ourselves sometimes. Uh, But to do that with our Bibles in hand, to do that with some pastoral care, to do that with good mental and physical health resources at our disposal, and to offer that 
and offer help with getting those things to the people around us. That is resilience. So resilience is a process, not a product. You, you can never hand it to someone, nor can you uh, just you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and suddenly you're a resilient individual. Instead, it's it's a growth oriented process. Um, so let's go to a question. I'm gonna step back for a second before I give more information about resilience. When I talk about this suffering and struggle, but also the new insights and renewed hope and life on the other side of that, what scripture stories come to mind for you guys? What scripture makes you think on resilience? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you talk about suffering, I think Job immediately comes to mind because, I mean, that is the story of suffering. And I think of um, my favorite part of Handel's Messiah that I know that my Redeemer lives. I mean, that, that comes straight from there. Um, the, the, this hope uh, on the other side, even though, I mean, all of the worst of the worst is happening. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. still hope. Um, and then also I was thinking of um, Peter. Uh, he, he just... It, stuff just keeps happening to him, but the Lord keeps restoring him. Um, mm -hmm. And and the story of Joseph too. Uh, mm -hmm. He he doesn't have a very easy go of it, um, but uh, but he he's he's still the Lord still manages to give him all of these uh, great things that he is able to do with his family and, and people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joseph is a really great example, and I really enjoy the stories of the patriarchs because you get such a big piece of their picture. We mm -hmm. hear so many instances where they suffer, and then the new life and insight comes, and then there's more suffering, and then the new life and insight <laughs> comes instead of a single experience from that person's mm -hmm. vantage point. So how about you, Andy? Uh, I was thinking anyone thrown overboard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't From know a why boat or just in life relationships? I mean, so, you know, thinking, thinking Jonah mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, with Paul being shipwrecked in, in both of those situations, oh, whether yeah. they, you know, sometimes we might think, oh, well, they got themselves into the situations. Either way, as we're talking about resilience, whether we get ourselves <laughs> into those situations or not, um, that how does God use those situations to to shape them into mm -hmm. what he would have them be? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's a good word right there. Shape them into who he would have them be. I think you just highlighted a huge piece of resilience. So from my own research, resilience has three individual or three different pieces to it. An individual piece, a um, spiritual piece with God, and then a community piece to it. And what I have found in my own therapy practice and in what I've read about resilience, uh, like I said, scripturally and from a psychological perspective, is that it's really not going to happen without one of these pieces. So first, resilience has a very individual piece to it, which is me wrestling with my own sense of self, my own internal capacities and capabilities. And it's really cool because in that we get to know ourselves more. And while I know that sounds deeply un-Lutheran, <laughs> that we are not really concerned with ourselves, the reality is that God is. God is the one who created and knit this together. And so 
I get to find out more about this person that God created, just as I would in a relationship with someone else. And so there's a value in wrestling with our own internal selves, capabilities and capacities in particular, and knowing ourselves, knowing our boundaries, knowing the places we've needed grace. All of that is very good work. Um, the second piece is resilience is between me and God. It's a wrestling with God like Jacob did, mm -hmm. and he got a new name. He also broke his hip, you know, <laughs> but it's a good work, a good work to wrestle with God. And this is that basic question of humanity that is why, why did God allow evil? You know, why does he not step in? These are hard questions. And I think that our spiritual lives are only well served when we confront them instead of push them down. Um, and so that builds resilience when I meet with God, when I wrestle with him directly. And usually it also feeds my spiritual life, too. We're in a much better place. And so the last thing before the break is this community piece of resilience. So we have our individual piece, our spiritual, you know, God in me piece, and now this community piece. By that, I mean, we were made for relationship by God. The Trinity itself is a relationship. We're created in the body of Christ, uh, whose head is Jesus. And so relationship is our jam, whether we're introvert, extrovert, or anything. That's just the way it is. <laughs> Sometimes that's harder for us than other times. Um, and, and there's times for a quiet place, but we still exist in relationship. And so whether it's us wrestling with God uh, or us wrestling with ourselves, we need other people surrounding us for this resilience puzzle. Uh, God's hand reaches into the pit and brings us up. And sometimes he uses other people to do that. Very often he uses people to do that work of his hand reaching in and bringing us up. And then the, the great cloud of witnesses, think about what that would be like running the race without the cheering section. You know, Jesus, of course, is the ultimate guy with his like uh, foam finger out, like cheering us on <laughs> every day. But I also need to know that other people are doing that. And when I see other people doing that, it makes Jesus with the foam finger more real in my life. That's an important part <laughs> of resilience. We were made for each other. All right, so I bet it's time for a break. I'll stop, and when we get back, we'll talk about getting to some resilience and helping our kids get to resilience. Very good. We're talking resilience on Mental Health Monday with Deacon Society Gaiman. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The mission field isn't just overseas anymore. It's right here in your own backyard. If English isn't the first language of your neighbor or friend, and you'd like to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them in their own language, contact the Lutheran Heritage Foundation at lhfmissions.org. LHF has translated and published the small catechism, children's Bible stories, hymnals, and devotions into 85 different languages and gives them free of charge to those who need them. lhfmissions.org. In 2020, the world was blindsided 
At the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we quickly refocused on how to best serve the church. Our COVID-19 response team took action, reaching out and listening to our borrowers. In response, we offered a number of financial remedies that allowed our borrowers time to stabilize. We also provided online streaming kits for churches, gift cards for food pantries, financial support for LCMS church workers, and much more. Life's not yet back to normal, and that's why we're still here for you. Visit lcef.org to learn more. Cross Defense is the show where we talk about curious topics to excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul with God's Word. Join me, Pastor Tyrell Bramwell, every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio, or anytime on KFUO.org, or even your favorite podcast app. My friends, our foe is a fierce enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking resilience with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. And uh, we, we've talked a little bit about, well, we've defined what is resilience. Where would you like to go next, Heidi? Yeah, now we're going to talk about how we get there. You know, there are some <laughs> skills to resilience. And that's, as a therapist, I'm always excited by the big ideas and and just those uh uh, spiritual and mental and emotional components that are uh, kind of airy and and not uh, real practical. But I also love it when I can put my finger on something and say, why don't we try this? And I think we all want that. We're, we're all three of us, especially right here, big thinkers. And I think a lot of our listeners are if they're listening in to Mental Health Monday <laughs> on the coffee hour. Um, but to be able to gain some skills is also where we want to be at. Um, and so number one, one, spiritual grounding is the bedrock of resilience. And this shows up in the research, you guys. Like I said, with if you look up ACEs and protective factors, you will see one of the protective factors as faith or spirituality being a part of that person's life. And so one of the greatest gifts we can give our children, the greatest gift that we can give ourselves, is time in the word and an authentic sense that God is present and he is concerned with our daily lives. He's concerned with us when we look ugly and he's concerned with us when we're doing well. And so knowing that I'm connected and have worth in Jesus Christ, in the God of the universe who created me, who knit my DNA, as Psalm 139 tells us, is irreplaceable. I can give you all the skills in the world, but without that bedrock, it will be really hard to get to resilience. I see that very clearly uh, in my therapy clients, and I see it really clearly in the world around me. You know, we're all searching for answers to racial justice and we're all searching for answers to how to get along for the love of Pete online. <laughs> and, and part of that is this spiritual grounding. So I really encourage some spiritual practices, uh, centering prayer each day or um, opening your scriptures and, and letting God speak into your day through his word that he has given us. I feel like I'm a uh, pounding that home every time on Mental Health Mondays. And I'm glad that we have a space where we can do that because I can't say it loud enough for the people in the back, if you will. Um, <laughs> resilience is also a gift from God. So there's that spiritual piece to it that it 
just like the fruits of the spirit, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control, or any good thing in this life, uh, I'm not capable of it myself. <laughs> I just am not. And so there is a piece that is about God giving me resilience. Often when he reaches his hand into the pit, if you will, because we know that resilience is attached to the struggle. But there is a part of resilience that's also an effort. And I really love the quote that says that grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed. Now I forgot the quote, of course. That is so Mental Health Monday. Happy Monday. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it is opposed to work. That's it. Grace is opposed to work. It's not opposed to effort. And so it's not that I'm getting my salvation through this. I'm not even getting my sanctification, perfection through this. That's all a work of Christ. At the same time, I get to be a part of it. There's no shame and effort. God invites us to be part of our own stories and the story that he's crafting in our lives. And so part of it is given to us by God. It's a gift of the spirit, but we can certainly quench the spirit, right? And so putting some effort into resilience and building the skills goes a long way. We see this, especially in teenagers. We do want a little effort, right? We can't do it for them. And that's a painful part of parenting in particular or teaching when you come to that age where you can no longer physically make them do things. You know, I can't pick you up and put you somewhere else. Instead, I'm coaching you. And so some of the skills that we can teach both in ourselves and for the people around us is uh, grounding is number one. So grounding is a connectedness, if you will, to my value and that I have space here on this earth and it is a good space that God has given me this space. <clears throat> if you want to look at it from a spiritual perspective in particular, but grounding is as simple as putting both feet on the floor and acknowledging that you are a physical being in a physical body and that this is a valuable place for you right now. Grounding is about feeling that core, uh, and, uh, knowing that God is building strength inside of you uh, and feeling that in your muscles. This sounds very, very touchy and unLutheran, I feel like, <laughs> which is why it, in the Lutheran realm, we always encourage people when you do these practices of connecting with nature or connecting with your body to, to do it around the word of God, to use a Psalm or a scripture passage, because that gives us that spiritual bedrock that we just talked about. At the same time, I think so often we turn to the spiritual bedrock and we don't build on those physical experiences that God himself has given us. And so you can look up a little bit of grounding online, if you will. You will likely not find the Lutheran version of it, but you have a lens and you can find some ways to ground yourself and then also to couple that with God's word. So number two is communicating from a place of need is a skill of resilience. So we have an entire series on this on Mental Health Mondays on the coffee hour. There is a skill of asking for help and saying to someone, I need some help and I need this particular kind of help or what kind of help do you think I need? And so that is something we want to avoid like nobody's business in our sinful selves. But it is a skill that is built in us and that we can build in ourselves as well to communicate from that place of need. And really, it's an act of humility, right, to say, you know what, I need some help. Um, so a couple more before we do our question, which is plan for the future, but appreciate the past 
living in today. (laughs) And that's a really complicated one. We often have, that's not true. We always have one preferred vantage point. And this is true. If you look at studies with the Enneagram or really any kind of personality typing system, you'll see that all of us have one preferred lens. I am not a past oriented person, as you might guess. I have no patience for nostalgia in particular, but I also don't do a great job of really appreciating uh, the historical lens. That's a weakness of mine. And so I have to dig in a little bit each day or in different situations to appreciate where I've been and where God is bringing me and what he's done to learn from, you know, even our history as a country or history in the world and things like that. Um, I'm a very future oriented person. I like to think of what we're going to do next. But man, I sometimes need that quiet time to sit in just today. And if you look in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus, of course, as the perfect son of God, is a master at this, planning for the future, wrestling and appreciating the past, but also living for today. So I have one more, which is a holistic awareness. And that has to do with living as a body, mind, and spirit. That very often, especially for the Lutherans listening, but I think a lot of educated church people in particular, we like to live in the mind. We like to think about things a lot. Um, And so just also to understand that God made our bodies and our spirits and those things need attention as well. So in the last two minutes, Andy or Sarah, what do you notice about resilience in people? What of those skills I listed or anything we've talked about today, where do you see resilience around you? Mm, Definitely a, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Definitely a a strong grounding in uh, a faith life, a strong prayer Mm -hmm. life and and the ability to uh, talk about what they've been through and able to help other people uh, with who who they identify as having those same struggles um, and and those those types of things. Go, Andy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, same thing. I was going to say in in not all, but many resilient people, I I see how they use their own experience to help others as well. You know, can't Mm. help but think of our friend uh, Brenda Jank and Run Hard, Rest Well and Mm -hmm. all the the experiences that she's been through and now uses that to, to help others. Uh, as well to to learn how to uh-huh. rest. <laughs> yeah, praise yeah. the Lord for those people, right? Yeah. And Sarah brought up Job. Maybe that's something that passage from Job nineteen twenty five through twenty seven is the theme of the Finding Hope book. That you know, in my flesh I shall see God. And people mm-hmm. who find their grounding in that and then go out in that connectedness piece, it's really powerful. And God does beautiful things in that. Mm, indeed, indeed. I, I couldn't help but think of one of Luther's hymns today as we were talking through this from mm-hmm. Depths of Woe I Cry to the um, mm-hmm. uh, 607 in Lutheran Service Book. Go check it out. Today. I love it's, it. Thanks. That's a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. Always good to chat with you on Mental Health Monday. See you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Oh, 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 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o